You're listening to Preservation Destination, the podcast where we explore the history of the built environment. Whether you are a preservation pro, dabbler, or just into fascinating history, you are in the right place. Join our host, Taylor Volts, as she interviews experts in the field of preservation as they pass their knowledge on to us. And here is your host of Preservation Destination, Taylor Volts. Welcome to this week's episode of Preservation Destination. Today I am interviewing Jennifer Hance, who is the face behind the Instagram account, The Preservationists. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you for having me, Taylor. Sure. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm originally from Rockville, Maryland. It's a city outside of Washington, D.C. I moved, well, I started visiting New Orleans in 1997, came down from Mardi Gras and just fell in love and just kept coming back. I moved here twice. I moved here once in 2000, stayed for six months, moved back, moved to Texas, and then came back to New Orleans in August 2003. Mm -hmm. So 15 years now. Oh, wow. I've been back here. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's just kind of how I ended up here. My day job is stay-at-home mom to, Mm -hmm. to three children. Three little boys? Yes, three okay. boys. That's what yeah. I thought. <laughs> yes. Wow, that I can, yeah, that sounds it's like busy, a lot of work. But yeah. it's great. <laughs> it's great. Cool. <laughs> and um, so where where do you live? Like what, what neighborhood are you in? I'm in Uptown. You're in Uptown Which too. I've pretty much been the whole time I've lived here. When we okay. first moved here, our first house that we purchased was in the Irish Channel. And we okay. were there for five years. And then we've just slowly made our way uptown. So, this way. <laughs> so we've moved several times. So hopefully... Hopefully we're done mm-hmm. at the moment and won't be moving again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've lived sort of all over the place. I can't seem to pick one area that I like more it's than the other. It's so others. hard because every neighborhood has so many great things about it. Mm-hmm. And But with kids, with up to, Uptown, just it's close to school. So right. that's really, yeah. that's really got what I had to focus on yeah. at the moment. Okay. So what, what made you create your Instagram account? Well, a couple reasons. The first one, I, you know, really wasn't seeing the things online that I loved about New Orleans because everyone is so familiar with the Garden District and the French Quarter. I think everyone that's ever seen a picture of New Orleans, that's what they think of. Mm -hmm. And I love those things too, but that's not like what I really love about the city. So I wanted to just highlight other neighborhoods. Like I love like Gentilly or Mid-City or Holy Cross. Like just, I just wanted to share those places um, with with you know the rest of the world I guess Mm -hmm. and one thing that led me to it is that I was seeing you know in the past 10 years there's been so much development with just the housing boom in New Orleans that I would see you know houses a beautiful old house and all the original windows being ripped out and Mm -hmm. seeing these cheap vinyl windows going up which is my biggest pet peeve I think ruins ruins a house yeah an old house with new windows just it looks crazy Mm -hmm. so so I wanted to start documenting, you know, these are the before pictures before something gets taken down or destroyed because if everybody starts doing that, then there's not going to be anything left, you know? Right. Everybody already wants to preserve, like, a Garden District mansion in the French Quarter. Like, nobody wants any of that to change. It's like the small houses, you know, you know, like a house like this or, you know, a shotgun house. They don't think that those things need to be preserved in the same way. So mm-hmm. I wanted to just highlight, you know, all those things about the city, all the different aspects of it. Sure. Yeah. 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 I think there is a lot of, there's a lot of 
you know, what I like to call sort of worker houses. Yes, like a like a working class neighborhood. <clears throat> right. Yeah. All, the, all the double shotguns yes. and, and duplexes and stuff that, that aren't, like you said, necessarily the top of anybody's list that still may have interesting history or yes, merit. Yes, absolutely. important. Yeah. Absolutely. I did um, a post a few, I don't know, six, eight months ago. There's this beautiful apartment building on Broadway, not mm-hmm. far from here. It's the big pink one. It's right near Willow. It's not far from here at all. And the owner, someone had purchased it, and they were ripping out all the windows Uh. on the side. And, you know, luckily they left the front. They left the screen porches. So it still looks nice. But from the side, it just, it looks, it just doesn't look the same. It just looks cheap. I don't, I don't get it. But people, the window salesmen have been very effective at (laughs) convincing people that that's what they have to have. Yeah. To have a, a good house, you know. Yeah. So. And yeah, if, crazy. if anybody listened to um, our first episode where we interviewed Sarah Myers about historic windows, yes, yes. She, you know, she talks about that and how windows are, aren't really going to be your best investment as far as if, if you're looking to, you know, insulate. Yeah. Um, they're really not. You, uh, She said you lose most of your heat and air through your roof, yeah. I think is what she said. So doors and windows aren't really, aren't really no. the thing. No, I think people have just been convinced that that's what you're supposed to do. And so they think, oh, we're buying a new house or we're buying a new house to us. We're going to change out the windows Mm -hmm. because we're responsible homeowners. But it just looks, besides you're ruining the house, it looks terrible. Yeah. I think, you know, not everybody feels the same way, but. Well, and they they don't always fit correctly either. That's the thing. (laughs) No, they don't. The size is wrong. The shape is wrong. The. They just look cheap, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I'm preaching to the choir here. Yeah. But still, <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how do you find the locations that you photograph? You know, it's just driving around. I'll occasionally have a list. Like people will message me and say, oh, you should check out this block or this house. And I'll take a note. And I often forget to go. But but it's in my list. But it's almost driving exclusively driving around mm-hmm. and finding things and pulling over. Um, you know, it's look at every corner to see if there's a you know old corner store tile you know I try to hit every neighborhood so if it's a if if I'm not that busy and it's a nice day uh not cloudy then I'll try and go around a lot of my photos are from uptown just because that's that's where I am all the time but I try to hit every neighborhood and I have a stash of photos that you know not everything I post is from that day you know I have you know it could be from six months back so Anyway, so really it's just that. It's just driving around and seeing something I like and taking a shot. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't really have like strategy per se for what you're doing with, you know, like what you're posting. It's just kind of what you like. Yeah, really just what I like. You know, sometimes I try to do tile once a week or, you know, I don't really have like a set thing that I do sometimes I'll try to do something mid-century on Mondays there's like a mid-mod Monday yeah Yeah. mid-mod Mondays hashtag Mm -hmm. but every time I post those they're just not as popular Mm -hmm. which is fine and but it's also sometimes hard to get a good photo you know if I don't have a good photo of a house then I'm just not going to post something Mm -hmm. in that genre that day Mm -hmm. so yeah so I I don't have anything specific it's kind of just what I think people will like and what I want to share you know yeah now that's interesting because I you hear a, about people that talk about with social media and Instagram like like branding and sort of 
I guess, setting rules for, you know, you post once a day and you only use this particular filter and you use these different types of things. But it's good to hear that people can be successful yeah, by doing just without all of that, like, I guess. Regimented. Yeah, regimented yeah. posting. Well, I mean, I do have some rules on that. I usually do once a day just because I want to let I want to let it cycle through because I don't know exactly how Instagram, you know, their algorithm algorithm works so Mm -hmm. if I post a picture and then I post a second picture I'm not sure those people will see you know my you know I I don't know exactly how it works so in the past I would post two a day but now I really don't unless I'm doing a series that day of like a particular building or something and I do use filters and do some editing but I try to keep it all looking very natural I don't Mm -hmm. there's some filters that I find just it, it just takes away from the photo. So I want everything right. to look na- as natural as possible. So. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I Googled your name uh-huh. yeah. and I found out, well, I already, I already knew a couple of these things, but your Instagram was featured in a write-up by the National Trust and also in an article for NOLA.com. Yeah. Yes. And then recently you had an exhibit here at the Preservation Resource Center. So what what has all of that been like for you, that publicity? It's been it's been like just amazing. I mean, I started the account in June 2016, totally anonymous. You know, I didn't I didn't tell family, I didn't tell friends. And nobody knew it was me. And so I just, you know, I wanted to get it going on my own without any, you know, I don't want to ask anybody to follow me or I just wanted to like see if I could make it a success before I engaged anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so I started in June and then in October I got a message from the National Trust saying, hey, we love this photo. We're doing a series in their print magazine with the hashtag saving places mm-hmm. and we want to feature your photo. And I was like, of course, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> yes, sure. of course. And it was the first photo <laughs> They featured and they called me and did an interview. And then the magazine came out in like January, I think. I mean, it was the back page. It was mm-hmm. the whole page, which was just wow, unbelievable, you know. And then they contact me again. And I'm from the D.C. area, so I was I got to go in and meet with them. Their oh, office cool. is actually in the Watergate building. Oh. So they, you had, they used to be in like a, an old house, but now they're in the Watergate. Anyway, so I got to go meet with them and and uh, talk about, you know, discuss some things for the article. It was about preservation in New Orleans. So they featured a bunch of my photos. And then when the PRC contacted me about doing a show, it was just like uh, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And they what they did, they did it by neighborhood. All, I, I forget right now. Uh, I think it's 23 historic districts in New Orleans. So they did it, laid it out by neighborhood. So the year they started, and so it was like 10 or so photos from each neighborhood. Okay. And then from that, NOLA.com did an article about the about the um, the show, and it mm-hmm. was just – it was just unbelievable. So the cat was out of the bag. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was pretty incredible. Such a big. Um, it was a, just a just an amazing you know response to what I've to what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. You know, because I started it from just just a hobby, really. Yeah. You know, so it's been great. Yeah, it's been great. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, we we weren't able to go to your exhibit but I, I would have liked to have gone because I've been following you for a long time and thank you I know when I when I saw that they were putting your pictures up I was like oh this would be great and then I think we ended up having something else to do yeah it as, happens as is always here there's always a million things going yes. on you know it, the whole event was so you know I didn't know 
how does a PRC event work? Are, are people coming to see me or do people come to all the PRC events? So there were a lot of my friends came, mm-hmm. but a lot of, you know, there were a lot of people I didn't know. And so I didn't know if I should go thank them for coming or they're going to be like, who are you? Right. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so I ended up not meeting that many people, which was unfortunate. So, mm-hmm. but and, it was a great experience. And then, so you were one of the judges for the preserve NOLA 300 yes. contest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I thought I saw your, your name on all yeah, that. It was stuff. really neat. It was really cool. Just, uh, I think it was three photos that, you know, were kind of, they were all kind of unique. They weren't just like a typical New Orleans photo. So, mm-hmm. and that was a fun event, a similar yeah. kind of exhibit that yeah. they did in, in August. Yeah. They actually picked, I think they had three or four of my photos in that exhibit. Oh my gosh, so that one I did get awesome. to go to. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. there too. I'm sorry I didn't get to meet you. No, it's okay. It <laughs> happens. But for people listening, for reference, the Preservation Resource Center here did a hashtag campaign over the summer called Preserve NOLA 300 um, because this is the 300th anniversary of the city of New Orleans. And they did a small exhibit in their building of exhibiting the photographs that everyone had hashtagged on Instagram. And then Jennifer was one of the judges to pick the top three best photos, along with who was the other one? Uh is it what? Brian Granger? Is it it's, Brian? No, it's not Brian. It's um, oh my gosh, I follow him. I cannot. It's I can't remember his first name. I cannot remember it. Yeah, <laughs> his last name is Granger. Yes, <laughs> I know who his wife is. His wife works at um, PRC as well. Okay. okay, and then there was one other person too that was a judge. Yeah, and I can't re- recall his name either. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> either way, the top three were very nice photos yes. Yes. <laughs> that were picked, so it worked out well. But it that, did. I love it that did. they do those little, like, you know, they have, yes. like, their permanent exhibit, and then they do those other ones, yes. which I think is great. It's really neat. And it, it, it gets the word out and lets people know that the PRC is there. Yes. And that they're an available, you know, resource for people, which I think is, is really good. Yeah, I think that's that's great that they've done that to kind of get more awareness about their organization you know and what they do and get all these different people in because I'm sure a lot of my friends that came had never been there before mm-hmm. you know so yeah it's great to expose more people yeah and that's to their mission yeah that's true and that actually I, I had made a note that I was going to mention this later but this is actually a really good time to bring it up the using social media yeah. to bring people together outside, uh, you know, in the real world area. Yeah. I know that, again, speaking of the National Trust, their Instagram is called Saving Places, and they do, or they did a couple of times, something called an Insta Meet. Okay. Where they had people submit, I think they had, it was like a short form and a photograph, and then they met up and did a, a behind-the-scenes tour of a location that they wouldn't normally have access to. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, and that's the National really Trust set it up for them, and they yeah. were able to do that. And so it's sort of like that's another thing that, that you can do to connect, you know, if, if you have a preservation group or, you know, your SHPO or anything like that, other ways that you can use social media to connect to your followers and yes. get them more involved in preservation projects and stuff that's yeah. going on. So Now, I know you had mentioned the how can, like, you know, how can preservationists use social media and are they effective? And I follow a lot of social media, I mean, a lot of um, preservation groups. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's tons out there, like you said, like Windows and, you know, every city has one. And I find that they, some of them are great, they're into their social media and some of them are, you know, are not. There's a picture of a meeting. You're not going to get many people interested right. in that. So like, 
like with mine I tried to do like I want to be about preservation and you know keeping things keeping things the way they are and appreciating the beauty but if it was all preachy no one would want to see, see it you know so they want to see a pretty picture of New Orleans and then also think about why is that pretty that's pretty because those windows are 120 years old you right. know so I think a lot of like preservation groups need to focus on you know Instagram is so visual so you have to hook people in with a nice picture right. you know or an interesting topic I follow someone who is in Ohio I mean she's a preservationist and her Instagram is just very interesting like they do preservation bike rides and it's oh, very wow. like hip and fun and she travels around and she does all these I don't know. So that one I find very engaging. Like some of the pictures are really good. Some of them are, you know, just her doing whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like she's really engaging with people. And I just feel like that's what you have to do if you want to be effective. You have to be consistent. You mm-hmm. know, you have to post something almost every day, you know, to keep people thinking about you. Right. You know? Yeah. It's almost like a conversation. Like, yes. like you you post something and then invite people to come in and, mm-hmm. and share their stories or create a dialogue with you from what you're posting. And I think, I think like what you said, like it's, it's good to post pictures, you know, but maybe not necessarily just a shot of the meeting, yes. <laughs> but maybe some, maybe something that was discussed at the meeting. Like if they are talking yes. about a specific building yeah. or something like that yeah. to, to sort of grab people's attention. Mm-hmm. And then in, in the bottom, you can say, we were talking about this at this meeting and oh by the way we're having another one next week if you want to yes. come and be involved you know they're free and open to the public and you can help make city yeah. planning decisions I definitely think there needs to be I mean with any organization there has to be some kind of an offer like we want you to be involved because of this not mm-hmm. you know when people don't when there's nothing and you don't want to say that but it's true like if there's nothing in it for you you're not you know why are you going to do it? You know, why are you going to commit to some organization? You know, and anyway, so I just feel like people need, they need to have the nice pictures, have the engagement, and have some reason to keep them, people coming back, mm-hmm. you know, with preservation. I don't know, people, I think people, they want it, but they don't understand why. You know, mm-hmm. they don't understand what they're losing if they don't preserve something. Right. So, I think sometimes that that comes down to just not knowing the stories. Yes, of, exactly. You know what's what's out there and available. That kind of leads me into my next question. So, you do you find sometimes you you post some history mm-hmm. when you do a little building research and put that on your your post. What what's your process for finding the information? Google. Google. I mean, really, <laughs> it's not scientific. It's uh, you know Google, but you know sometimes you have to really dig whether you know this is the address or you you know, you had the wrong address or, you know, if the, you know, I, I photograph a lot of tile that has the name of some family. And so you have to dig kind of deep, but usually you can find something. And I have a couple followers that are just internet sleuths and they all post something and I'll be like, I couldn't find anything about it. And they'll come back with like <laughs> yeah. an old picture and, you know, some information. And I, I, you know, I haven't delve that deep into it but I think ancestry.com genealogy.com newspaper.org or whatever it is is really helpful but it's also it's a time commitment that I haven't you know always (laughs) I haven't gone down that rabbit hole just yet but I do I I would love to provide more information but it just isn't always available yeah and I know you had mentioned like when I do 
when I uh, do provide more information, do people like that more? Some people really do. Some people read it and they're like, oh, this is so cool. I didn't know. But sometimes people, I don't know if they even read it. I do. Yeah. I just think with Instagram, it's so visual that it, I could have the most interesting story about a particular location. But if I have a better photo somewhere else, that's that's what people, you know, that's what gets the most engagement, the most likes, mm-hmm. you know. The pretty pictures. It, it's yeah. true. I had one <laughs> a couple weeks ago that was actually up here in Carrollton. There's a house on St. Charles that's for sale mm-hmm. at Pine. It's, I don't know if it's Craftsman, it's that brick house. It's kind of up on a hill. They've made it, they've built it up to look like it's on a hill. Okay. Anyway, I, it's the, they have the original bathroom still from like 1910 and it's incredible. But that was one of the most popular photos I've ever had. But Mm -hmm. it was just, it's so beautiful and incredible. If if there's an open house, you should go see it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to look at it because I feel like I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Yeah, you definitely know it. It's right at the corner there on this side, on the on the um lakeside of st charles okay yeah i'll have to go by we, we walk in that direction quite a bit around here so i'll have to go look at it yeah so do you actively track your engagement i i look i'll check several times a day to see how it's going how you know if it's a popular photo or not i do you know i have an instagram I guess, Instagram business. So I can see how many followers I have. I don't pay too much attention to the other statistics because it doesn't affect me that much. You know, I just want people to, to be engaged and, you know, like, like the things that I find, but, but some things are never going to be as popular as, as others. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's okay. I still have to post what I like, you know, what I find interesting. So. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I I would imagine if you were doing this for, you know, your business or your, your preservation organization, you would spend probably spend more time tracking yes. your engagements to see people are liking and what they're really involved with. You know, I can usually tell before I post something how, how it's going to go. Like yeah. I've been doing it long enough that I, I know, but sometimes something will surprise me. And I think sometimes it depends on the time of day mm-hmm. that you post it. You know, I typically post between like 9 and 10 a.m. And that's usually, I don't know, that's just when it's worked out. And it tends to be the most popular. If I wait till 10, 30 or 11, things tend to not be as popular. Whether, who who knows what the what the reason is. But that's just what I found. But yeah. sometimes I have no choice but to, to wait until later in the day. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sometimes I, I find, I mean, with my personal account, I guess I get more engagement in the evenings okay and I don't know if that's just because everybody's at work and then they're checking yeah I don't know home or I don't know and and then for for the podcast Instagram it's just kind of a mixture yeah it just kind of depends on what what's going on and I guess what I'm posting about so I'm still still building that one up because we're still pretty new so of course it takes a while yeah (laughs) it it takes a long time to build up yeah the following at first I would have to you know you have to let people know that you're there and follow people and mm-hmm. like other things. And, and then eventually you don't have to do that. Yeah. You know? And try not to get it confused with your personal account. Exactly. And you don't remember which one you're logged into. It's funny. I don't even, I rarely <laughs> even check my personal one anymore. It's like, this is, this is my focus and you know, that's it. <laughs> have you ever done a call to action encouraging people to get involved with a preservation project? I have I mean, as far as like donating and things like that, like on a Give Nola Day and um, 
Giving Tuesday, I'll encourage people, you know, I'll do a post and have people, you know, tell us what your local preservation organization is and make a donation or forgive Nola Day. I like these, you know, I like whatever, Louisiana Landmarks, you know, uh, the PRC, NOMA, this is where I'm going to donate today. So I try to do that because I think it's important in every community to donate to your organization. And also the PRC, the person who handles like their demolitions, she sends me emails and then I'll, you know, I'll post that, okay, Mm -hmm. there's a meeting for this school that was going to be demolished that I think has been saved. This one at uh, North Robertson and Franklin Mm -hmm. in the seventh ward. Anyway, so that was, you know, so, you know, I, I don't know if anyone follows up, but I think it's good that for people to know that that information is out there that you can save <laughs> try to save something yeah, you yeah. know so I, I think especially with with those demolition things and stuff yeah. like that with those city hall meetings and and city planning and, and different groups like that I think people don't always realize that those are open to the public mm-hmm. and that you can if you have the time or if if it's in the middle of day of course if you have the time to go or if it's in the evening that you can go and be involved in those things yeah. and if you're cons- if you have concerns about that kind of stuff you can make your voice heard and I definitely think using social media is a good way to let people know yes. about that kind of stuff because they don't always know when it is or you know that they can they can even go yeah, and, and be heard and there's so many different things too. It's not all just city stuff, but neighborhood organizations have, you know, I know they had a bunch of meetings um, dealing with the Carrollton Courthouse over yes. here when they were doing all of that stuff. And so, you know, you can't you can make your voice heard in in various different ways as long as you mm-hmm. can figure out how to do it. I guess I know. I love that Instagram has the story feature mm-hmm. now because I don't always want to do like a formal post about something, but it's a great way to get information out, you know, and tag other organizations and so that's been really helpful how do you feel when a building that you photographed gets altered significantly or is demolished it it's 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 depressing it's sad there was this beautiful house on marble marble <laughs> excuse me marble <laughs> sorry marble got this marble yeah is that it marble place uh, gate i'm not it's right sure. near ferret street okay that you know, it was a stone house. It was like a craftsman house. I mean, it had been oh, in. Oh, right. Yeah. I saw the, yeah. Yes. I saw all the pictures yeah. when they were dealing with that. And they still ended up knocking it they down. They tore it down. And I think I posted about it not too long ago, a month or two ago. You know, vacant lot now. It just such a beautiful house. I mean, it was, it, it had been neglected for a long time. But the interior photos, I looked at them again today. It didn't look that bad. Mm-hmm. You know, the house was, it's a very short block. So the house looked like it was in the middle. So it didn't have a big backyard or big front yard I mean there were a million ways to save that house and for the neighborhood it was inexpensive Mm -hmm. you know I don't know how much it would have cost to fix it up but whoever bought it they won and they are building on it now but Mm -hmm. to me it looks like it looks like the whole lot's been taken up it's probably corner to corner yeah totally and they have you know I think you have to have parking now so maybe it's a fourplex or who knows what it is because there there are a lot of apartments and doubles around there so I understand mm-hmm. it's gonna be harder I guess to sell a single family home over there but either way it should never have been torn down right I just don't understand how someone can look at a house like that and go me making money is more important than mm-hmm. saving this house everyone wants to make money but you don't have to do that to the house just let let it go to somebody else who wants to save it right you know that's that's always depressing 
And that one was yeah. a really beautiful. It really it was. was. U- it was a unique style for the neighborhood. Yes. Very unique. And just, yeah, I, I remember seeing that pop up several times. Every time it went to meeting when they were trying to decide what to do with it. Yeah, that is that is depressing. It was. It was very sad, especially to see it leveled with, with nothing on it. I mean, you know, I don't want to see what they're going to build because I'm sure I'm sure I'll hate that too. <laughs> well, they're building, they're, they're tearing down it used to be a bar there on Ferret, and I can't remember the name of it. And they're wanting to, well, I guess they're not really tearing it down. They're wanting to build up. Okay. And because, like, right now it's a one-story building, and they're wanting to build up and make it, I don't know, two or three stories tall and, and build back and do some weird thing mm. with the parking lot that's next door. And I, I don't I don't really I don't remember. I don't know which but building that is. It's, I wish I could remember the name of the bar that was in there. But anyway, it's, you know, that on the other side of Ferret, they've built some high-density apartments mm-hmm. and some other things really close right there. And so they've, somebody's, a developer's put in a design. I remember reading about it. And they want to do something really bizarre with it. Like, they want to build up and then over the parking lot. Hmm. So there's still, like, the, that parking lot, which is now, it's a paid parking lot, would become, I guess, parking for the units. Oh, Okay. But the building would go over it, so the parking, you know, sort of under, okay. underneath of it. It was just a weird design, and mm. there were a lot of concerns. There's already been concerns, because I don't know if you've been down for it lately, but yeah. it's it's almost as bad as Magazine Street is now in some areas. There's nowhere to park, and it's it's difficult to get places. The traffic is bad, and it's just, it's and I think a lot of it's because they've built these high-density yeah. spaces there, and, and it's more like a neighborhood Main Street and it can't really support even just the vehicle traffic. Yeah. And now they're talking about building another building like that along there. And it just doesn't it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No. It's such a charming area. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the new new buildings that have gone up over there. But I guess I guess they're there now. Yeah. Like, what can I you mean, do? Somebody approved it. That's all I know. You know, I just a, like a month I keep saying a month or two ago, I can't remember exactly, but there, I went to an estate sale of a house that it needed work, like no doubt it needed a ton of work. Um, but it was for sale. I guess the owners passed away or, or whatever. Um, and so, it, you know, I posted a lot of interior shots. And I they, think they, I they were really that. cool. It was yeah. really cool. But then someone bought it. And so, and then I was on Instagram the other day and a company that, you know, one of the local um, salvage places was like, Oh, we just—it's oh, heartbreaking. Oh, we just cleared out five chimneys worth of bricks out of this house. So they had taken down every chimney. Oh my gosh. Inside the house, and I knew—I knew exactly where it was, mm-hmm. and that's the house. Yep, they took down every chimney inside the house. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a big house. You could have kept at least a couple <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. You know, it's so hard. Yeah, and they hauled them away. It's not—they weren't for reuse somewhere else in the house. Mm-hmm. So. That was a shame. Yeah. But I don't own the house. So what can I do? Yeah. You know, you can't. It makes you wonder what else they did to it. If you oh haven't, maybe you haven't seen some of the other stuff they've torn out of it. Yeah, I mean, there I wasn't don't. much. You know, there, I mean, there were some moldings and stuff. And hopefully they kept the floors. Because the downstairs was okay. Part, the front. Mm-hmm. The front half of it. I mean, it needed it needed a lot. But I, I can't explain these things. I don't yeah. know. I don't know mm-hmm. why you buy an old house and want to rip everything out of it. But. Uh, yeah, I've had that conversation <laughs> with, with lots of people and, and I think that it's about the location mm-hmm. and people like 
the prettiness on the outside, but maybe they want more modern stuff on the inside. And I can understand that to an extent. You yes, know, you want your house to be functional. We we live in a very old house, and our kitchen cabinets and drawers are original. Yeah. And yeah, they sometimes don't come out or go back in mm-hmm. very well. And yeah. they, they certainly don't have that touch slide feature no, that you get with new those cabinets. those are lovely. You know, but when you walk into the kitchen, you can see, like, the sink, the cabinets, the counter, everything is original. And it's just, it just has a different feel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, that I, I'm an idealist that I wouldn't touch anything. I would just buy old houses and, yep. you know, I wouldn't touch any of that stuff. But that's just me. No, I mean, I'm I'm the same way. And, and from personal experience, we bought a double. I mean, it was already converted to a single. Had a yard, and we were going to Camelback it because we wanted to have a house with a yard. You know how fi- hard it is to find a house with a yard. Right. So I sat – we moved into this small house, and I thought about this house. How can we do this? It, one of the fireplaces had already been removed, so that was obviously gone. There were two others, but the house was narrow – and it, thinking about it for almost two years, I was like, I don't see any way to make this work without having to take some of this out, you know. And it was just, I don't know. We ended up selling it and leave because I couldn't think of any way to make it work. Mm-hmm. Working with an architect too, to get what we wanted, you have to alter it, you mm-hmm. know. So it's hard. Some of these houses are they're hard to deal with, but I'm the same way. I don't want to change anything. Yeah, and I I don't appreciate the uh, let's keep the front facade and then do whatever we feel like doing with the back of the house there's one on nashville that was in a a battle with the city for quite some time about building the camelback on the back of the house oh really and um and it's on a row of sister houses where all these shotguns are basically matched the same and a few of them have camelbacks but not all of them yeah and certainly to a better size and scale than what these people ended up. They actually ended up getting it approved to build, and they literally. Oh, are you talking about the one right in your magazine between Magazine and Constance, the oh, White yeah. House? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I, yeah, I'm not. It looks like a, a shotgun. Monstrous. Yeah, it looks like a shotgun front on a barn. Yes. And I, I'm uh, like honestly surprised that they were able to get. I that am so through. surprised. I, so our old house is not far from there. So mm-hmm. I saw it going up. They're from out of town. I think mm-hmm. their architect is from out of town. Mm-hmm. I mean, now that it's painted white, you can't see the strangeness as much. I apologize if you're the owner and listening. <laughs> <laughs> but it just it just didn't fit. It wasn't a traditional camelback. It was, you know, I don't even know the how they did it. The siding was just, you know, it's facing weird. a different way. Yeah, it's just more. I don't know. It just it just didn't seem to match with. I know exactly the house next door, and that's a beautiful house with mm-hmm. um, – it's a two-story. It's like a double gallery, you know. But, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really my favorite one either. No. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> anyway, back to the questions. Yes. Um, so what do you think are some of the benefits besides – I mean, I know we've touched on this a little bit, but of sharing history and preservation using social media? I just think it's so easy to find, like especially with hashtags, you can search whatever topic you find, you know, like I do one for tile because I love tile, old tile. Um, So it's called found tile NOLA. So every time I find like a corner store or just, I mean, I do street tile, but that's, I try to do other tile, random tile that I find. And so now when I click on it, I can see, you know, almost everything I posted 
in, in that topic. So I love that, that I can, you know, someone who doesn't know anything, you know, wants to find something, they can click on that and mm-hmm. say, oh, well, this is cool. This is here. So I think it's really helpful in that way. You have to be more specific. You can't say New Orleans. There's one right. million posts about that. <laughs> it has to be New Orleans doors or New Orleans windows or or just old windows, you know, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like you get a, a good, you know, a set of well, I, I was I was thinking yeah. that I have a, another question down here, yeah, but please. It, it kind of ties into the same thing what you were saying. Like, yeah. if if apps like Instagram can serve as sort of an informal repository for information, like a digital mm-hmm. archive, like you were saying, you can yeah. search by hashtag. Yeah, and so it almost is like it almost is like an archive because you're basically putting in a keyword and finding what you're looking for. It is. It it really is. I love that aspect of it. I always think, okay, well, another hurricane comes, like at least I've got these you know I've got these photos and the world can see like this is what used to be here this is you know and there's a million photos like that you know um so you get like a a full picture of a city you know through all everybody's photos even though it's still when you have so many it's really hard to look through and manage but I do find it really neat so do you think I mean I, I know you mentioned that you follow some preservationists and I as I've been building the pot of the podcast Instagram I've started doing that too you know it suggests people Mm -hmm. that you might be interested in following so I'm seeing a lot of people come up and do you think there's a lack of social media presence in preservation I mean I don't think so but maybe just because I'm I'm looking for them you know Mm -hmm. um so no I feel like I've been able to find you know something from you know somewhere all over the country you know you find preservationists and um you know, like I, I follow several people that do window repair and rest- restoration, and I love seeing all of that, you mm-hmm. know. So I think – I don't think there's a lack of them, you know, not in my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about if if other people that aren't specifically looking for that are able to find it, you know. Right. yeah. Um, I think it's very local, too, unless you're following, like, the National Trust, you know. Yeah. Then you just have to find your local organization, and hopefully they're doing a good job getting the word out like the preservation resource center here i feel like does such a good job they do you know there's so much like the magazine all the events that they host and you know it's just i I feel like they do a great job yeah i don't know if it's like that everywhere though i don't think it is i feel like they have a really big organization they do yeah Yeah. and they have a pretty dedicated team yeah you know like it to help with that i think i think that is one of one of the issues that that groups come up with especially for nonprofits or or maybe just volunteer groups that there there is a a volume of work that is involved with keeping up you know with an active social media presence and you know sometimes with small organizations they don't have a person or two people Mm -hmm. Or I think the National Trust has like one and a half people, really? you know, to to dedicate their time to working on that kind of stuff. And I think I think that can be like a hindrance for for some groups. Yeah, yeah. You have to always be out there. Mm-hmm. You know, are they going to forget about you? <laughs> you yeah. Know? So and there there is some I've come across some which are are like personal accounts of people that are doing their own renovations on mm-hmm. like a specific yes. project oh, yes. uh-huh. and they'll start an Instagram about, you know, this is, we just bought this house and we're renovating it. Or, I love, do, I love, I follow several people like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. There's one in Atlanta. 
uh, I can't remember, it's Inman Park something, and I will link to it in the show notes because I can't remember the name of it. And they're they're doing a beautiful renovation on a house in, in, in the Inman Park area, which is in, in Atlanta proper. Okay. And I've been, I'm from, originally from Atlanta, okay. so that I don't, somehow I came across that one. But, um, so I've been seeing the work that they've been doing on this house that was, you know, originally a, a very large single family and it was subdivided into apartments, yeah. which happens a lot or, or tenement buildings yeah. and that they're restoring it. And it's in a row with a couple other ones that are like sister houses. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's really neat to, to see over the past like six months or so what they've been able to accomplish with so this neat. house. It's amazing. And I just, I like finding those. And of course now Instagram's like, if you like this one, you might like this one. I'm like, yeah, you're I like, like that you're one right. too. You I like me all out. these. Like, <laughs> give them to me. I'll follow them. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have, of course, the National Trust, I think probably has one of the larger followings. Mm-hmm. You know, they have like yes. 22,000 followers or yeah. something like that. And, and then, you know, but from what I, what I've been able to find, most of the ones that I've been finding and following have been significantly smaller than yes. that mm-hmm. so i would like to see some other groups maybe gain some more absolutely some more something or other to get some more followers because i think it's it's important have you ever seen cheap old houses do you follow that one? yes i do i see yes. that one that one's uh, is one of my favorites yeah it's amazing that you can buy <laughs> You know, a 4,000 square foot house for, you know, $70,000. Of course, you have to renovate it. Right. And fix it. But and then, just incredible. And then, you know, do you want to live in whatever small yes. town this is located in, in the middle of wherever it's Because at. they always are, because they're not. <laughs> right. That's how they're. Cheap then. Right. Exactly. That's yeah. how they're so cheap. They're yeah. always in these like little tiny towns. But they it, they do get some great pictures. Of oh some my of them, gosh! Though. I mean, some of them are just spectacular. Mm-hmm. You know, someone someone incredibly wealthy built that a hundred years ago, and then it falls into disrepair. It's so it's so sad to see all that and stained you, glass and woodwork right. and all that stuff being just left to die. And you don't see houses aren't built that way anymore. No. Even expensive houses uh-uh. aren't built the same way, and you no. just don't get the level of detail. And the level of like handcrafted yes. stuff that that you used to get, you know, nowadays it's like I'm going to spend a lot of money on this house, but it's because I'm putting ten thousand dollars worth of marble in my kitchen yeah. or something like that. When 150 years ago, it was like I'm spending all this money because this guy's hand hand exactly. tooling my wooden whatevers that it's go on incredible. my banisters in my house, you know. Yeah. Or the house has you know closets. And at one time, closets were, were if you had money, that's how yeah. you showed how much money you had because yeah. you had a lot of closets in your house. And that was that was a thing because most people couldn't afford the extra space to build closets. Mm-hmm. So it, it's interesting to see like where it sort of goes. I don't know. And I just feel so bad when all that stuff is lost. I know. I know. It's tragic. So I wanted to talk to you about a couple of apps that I found. I actually found, I came across a couple of them today. And one of them is I follow the Historic Charleston Foundation on Instagram. I think I follow them too. Okay. And so they're kind of like the PRC here in New Orleans. They, They do preservation advocacy and they actually have two historic house museums that they manage. Okay. Yes. And do all kinds of stuff in the city of, of Charleston, and they have they have a they actually have a really good Instagram, just much like the PRC, and they 
created an app called the Historic Charleston Foundation app, Okay, which they just launched today. And I put it on my phone, even though I'm not there and I can't take full advantage of it, but maybe someday. And it's basically like a tour map, all the areas and locations of historic interest oh, in that's Charleston. that's so interesting. So they went around and took a bunch of pictures of all these buildings and yeah. they, they wrote up little blurbs about different things. And you can you can search by address or you can do it by wherever you are. You can use the oh, GPS great. and it finds yeah. stuff in your area. And they have little little audio tracks that you can listen to for, oh my gosh, for that specific places. So- that's what a great idea. Yeah, yeah. And then after doing some Googling, because I was like, I can't believe somebody hasn't done that for New Orleans yet. For sure. I found out there is one very oh, really? similar. And it's called New Orleans, the New Orleans Historical App. Okay. And it is a project, a combined project from UNO and Tulane. It's a collaboration of oh, the okay. two schools. And it's very similar. It works very similar to the Charleston one. You can do it by map or use the GPS. Okay. And this one doesn't have, at least from what I've been able to play with so far, it doesn't have any audio clips. Okay. But it is kind of set up to where you you kind of use it like to create your own little neighborhood tours and can go and, you know, pick out things are marked on the map and you can look up the little blurbs of information as you're is walking it around all over the city or just in it's, certain locations um, at the moment i i don't know okay. i'd have to go back and play with it a little bit more it looked like it was in quite a few places but i was just kind of poking around like yeah. what was sort of in this neighborhood and they have photographs and so you know different things like that i don't think that the pictures i want to say the pictures are from the early most of them are from the early 20th century. Okay. I don't think they have like a lot of like modern okay. stuff in that particular one. But you can, they also have a really comprehensive website with a lot, a lot of information on there too, where you can go in and read it and look at different That's things. That's great. I ha- definitely have to look app. that up. Yeah. So I found, I found those two today. And I imagine that there are more out there for different cities, but I, I didn't know this was a thing until like, just today when I saw Charleston posted theirs. So now I'm kind of curious to see what other cities have something like Mm -hmm. that. And then when I travel, you know, like check it out, maybe Nashville or Memphis has one or something like that. So but that just like to me is sort of like the ultimate way of using technology to bring the history to the people. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was really interesting I kind of wanted to get your I love ideas that. on it I mean I so every summer I, I road trip up to Washington DC and I try to stop at towns along the way and I have to just you know google what I you know oh what's what's good in Richmond or I'll ask my you know followers what's a good you know where should I see what area should I go to but it would be so nice to have it on my phone and you know be able to click on it mm-hmm. I think that's a great idea Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that would be fantastic here. Yeah. People would love that. Yeah. I'm really glad that I found it. Yeah. Now, now I'm really interested to, to start using it and check it out. And it and it appears to be just a wealth of information. And, wow. And it looks like um, maybe some historians were helping write, I guess maybe, I, I don't know if it's students at Tulane and UNO or if it's faculty or a combination of both or I'm not really sure. I'd have to go back and check it out some more, but. I'm pretty excited about about checking it out and seeing it. And maybe someday going back to Charleston and using theirs yes. as well. I, I've been to Charleston once for a day 20 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> so. it's been a long time for me too. <laughs> yeah, we were there for more than a few days. But it, yeah, I don't think I've been since, I think I was probably 19 maybe when we went. 
So I, I don't know. That's a lot of math. Yeah. It's like 15 or 16 years ago. Anyway, nobody knows how old I am. Let's keep talking. Keep it a mystery. <laughs> um, so <laughs> uh, what is what are your future goals for your Instagram as far as where you're at right now? Well, I really want to do more interiors, more going to people's homes. And because everyone wants to see what's inside a house, you know, mm-hmm. I know I do. I mean, every time my mom's in town, we're, you know, peeking through the windows of other people's houses. I do Not that up too. close, you know, from the <laughs> sidewalk. But if it's vacant, I'll peek in. For sure. Like if it's for sale, I'll peek through the door. Oh, for sure. If it's for sale. Um, so I would love to do more of that and mm-hmm. do more um, like specific places. Like I love schools. Schools are like one of just one of my favorite things. I have so much history and so many interesting Uh, features you know that I'd love to photograph so those are really two things I'd like to do you know I think at the moment this is you know this is all volunteer (laughs) I do feel like I I have a website but I don't you know I haven't advertised it very much like to to sell prints and do things like that but I haven't really gone down that road yet but I do think I should you know Mm -hmm. at some point so I mean that's that's really I, I would love to do more inside inside the house inside the home so if anyone wants me to do their house send me a message (laughs) Sounds like a good idea. (laughs) Let me know. That is always the interesting part because you, you, from the outside, you don't see what's been done to the inside. Mm -hmm. If if updates have been made or not been made or, you know, how they've made it livable. I I helped a friend of mine um, who's actually going to be on the podcast as well do some surveying in the city of Hammond. And we were out walking around and this lady came out and asked us what we were doing and said, would you like to come in and see the inside of my house as well and not just the outside? And we were like, of course sure we will. <laughs> of course, we'd love to come in and see what you're doing to this house. And they, they were making some changes that they had several children. And so they did have to make some changes to, to have enough space for the kids to each, as they got bigger, to have their own rooms mm-hmm. and you know have enough bathrooms and stuff. So they added a bathroom in the middle. They took out like a bedroom and added a bathroom and they split it like this bedroom space split it into like a, another bathroom and like an office mm-hmm. for the husband I think yeah um, so they they did a few things that I probably wouldn't have chosen to do but they had you know they had to make it functional for what they needed that's for their the tricky family. part yeah yeah but the rest of they kept the fireplaces that that oh the fireplaces were great the two front rooms had like corner angle fireplaces oh, that's so neat. and I was like this is awesome I'm so glad you guys haven't done and they were still functional which is oh, that's great great because that doesn't always happen and they still had the um the walk-in not walk-in but like built-in ice box in one of the walls oh wow back by the kitchen which was stunning so that was really nice and they these people just like as we were doing this walk around, surveying these buildings, people come out of their house and just be like, what are y'all doing out here? Oh, you know, wow. you know, cause you're taking pictures and writing notes. And so they kind of want to know, and then they get really interested and they're like, oh, that's neat. My house was built, you know, around this time, or m- maybe they know some of the history. This very nice gentleman, we were talking to him about, there used to be a brick company in Hammond okay. um, that did a lot of local bricks. And I can't remember the name of the place. It's going to, it's going to bother me now. And we were talking to him about that history a little bit. And he went into his house and came outside with two bricks that came from this brick company. Oh. And he gave us oh, each that's so nice. a brick. Yeah, it was, it was, re- I was like, this is really cool. I was not expecting that. But now I have two bricks now because <laughs> I got one when I was in graduate school. We went to 
St. Joe's brick work. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in graduate school and they gave us bricks. So now I have like a brick collection That's of these fun. from these historic brick works that are here in Louisiana, which is kind of a weird thing. But yeah, it's great. But yeah, so yeah, going inside buildings, I think is something that I, I do like. To, yeah, I would like to see that too. I Hopefully you'll get to I do. I do. I mean, I think, it. I think I could if I just make it a priority. Yeah. Because I'm sure enough people would be interested in, you know. One thing I do, I, I'm all over the real estate listings. I look every day to see what's new on the market. And I go to open houses or broker stores mm-hmm. if it's something that I want to see or a house I love, like that one I was telling you about on St. Charles. But there was this one house I found that had, and it was, this was last year, it was had been a corner store in the seventh ward i cannot remember the block maybe like in north galvez or i'm not sure but they had the original tile floor in their living room oh wow it was the most it it was it was you know so speechless it was so beautiful but that was just from going to an open house so you can go and see some of them if you pay attention but sometimes you go in and you're really disappointed about what's what's been done what's been done you know yeah around here people for the most part, you know, they they keep it, but sometimes you have this fantasy about a house and then you see the pictures and you're like, oh my gosh, what happened? <laughs> yeah. You know. I, I'm obsessed with parquet floors. And so I'm super into that and I'm super into just anything that's all kinds of flooring, yeah. mm-hmm. I guess. Like just seeing that when you, when you look at a listing and seeing something yeah. like that on the floor or terrazzo floors yeah oh one of the houses on the prc's mid mod tour had the original terrazzo floors and i think i took like 16 pictures of my feet standing (laughs) on the floor (laughs) i probably saw you yeah doing because i was doing the same thing yeah (laughs) i was like um i love this this is great and this needs to be in my house except we have these really nice original hardwood floors but still pretty gorgeous i have to say (laughs) maybe maybe another time we, we would, when we eventually buy something, Ryan and I are probably going to get something mid-century because I'm just obsessed. Yeah. You know, I have to tell you, you have to come to my house because we we just bought a mid-century house. Oh, nice. It's not mid-century modern, yeah. really. It's mid-century, but we have parquet floors and terrazzo floors. <sighs> and it's all original. Uh, it's, it was built in 1954. Uh-huh. The original plans are there. Oh, wow. It's pretty, yeah. And it's you know because it was it's like a family home it was built in the 50s they it's very functional mm-hmm. which is hard, you know it's sometimes hard to find you know with lots of closet space and and things like that but the kitchen's all original you know that's the, awesome yeah so you'll have to come see it yeah i will i will take you up on that yes definitely <laughs> all right well i think that's all for the questions that i had can you please tell our listeners, besides your Instagram, which is The Preservationist, how else they can get in touch with you? I'm on Facebook, The Preservationist. It should link from my Instagram, I believe. And I do have a website, thepreservationist.org, that just has photos. And it does have links to purchase photos, although I have not really advertised that at the moment. But And on the Facebook page, it's the same photos from my Instagram account, but I can share articles that mm-hmm. I find, which is something I, I wish I could do more on Instagram. They don't really... How, you know, it's one or the other. You can't yeah. have both, I guess. But um, so I do love that about Facebook. So, so the really those are the those are the three places. Well, great. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being a guest Thank today, you, Taylor. This was great. 
Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Let us know what you think by leaving a review on iTunes. If you would like to get a direct link to our guests' information or just want to give us a shout, you can contact us by visiting our website at preservationdestination.com. There you can check out each show's notes and much more information about the podcast. If you prefer good old-fashioned social media, we are also on Instagram and Facebook as Preservation Destination. Feel free to give us a like and click the follow button to stay informed about upcoming episodes. Again, thank you for being with us, and we hope you'll join us again next time here on Preservation Destination.